Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 184 and session number 53 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here live on the podcast. Well, live in a sense that I'm actually recording these, but uh, I'm listening to your questions and then I'm going to give you my best answer or at least direct you in the right area. Now, you guys that are brand new to the podcast, I want to welcome you guys and everyone that's coming back for, well, let's say the 184th time or maybe uh, this is your 10th time coming back. I want to say thank you so much for hanging out with me today. You guys know that I love doing this, these, these Ask Scott sessions where you submit your voicemails and it's a way for me to be able to connect with you guys. So if you guys have not done it already as far as submitting your voicemails, voicemail to ask a question, you can go ahead and do that and you should go ahead and do that. So head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. Once again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. You can go ahead and record your message there. Leave your first name and then a brief question and I'll do my best to answer it, all right? Now, these are awesome because I love hearing from everyone all over the place, by the way. I mean, all over the world and it's just really awesome to be able to hear the voices of the TAS community, all right? Now, speaking of the TAS community, before we jump into the first question for this episode, I did want to give a little shout out to one of our TAS peeps out there, all right? And I wanted to read this to you because I think it's really awesome and I think we can all celebrate, we can all give this person a round of applause because, well, they're taking action and they're following through and, well, I want to share it with you. So let me go ahead and do that real quick. Let me go ahead and pull it up here on my screen. And this one here is from Gong Lamore. Gong Lamore posted this inside of the TAS community, okay, the Facebook group that is, well over 25,000 now, by the way, of you awesome people out there um, in the group. So congratulations to you guys for being awesome. Uh, Okay, so let me go ahead and just read this to you really quick. And you got to see this picture, by the way. Um, I believe Gong is sitting here uh, all spread out, almost in like a spread eagle, one foot in the air, balancing in front of a pretty good-sized shipment here, by the way. And uh, it's pretty awesome to be able to see that. And uh, if you guys do want to see this picture, definitely check out the show notes to this particular episode and you'll see that. I'll post it there for you. Uh, You can go ahead and check it out. That is episode 184, by the way. So the show notes to this and the transcripts and everything that we're talking about today will be over there at episode 184. So that's theamazingseller.com forward slash 184. All right. So let me go ahead and read what Gong has to say. So dear fellow dream makers, wanted to share some inspiration as you have shared and done so much for me. Finally, got my first shipment of my first new product. Couldn't do it without the Amazing Seller Podcast and all you amazing people who helped me. Had some newbie challenges on the way. Nothing that taking action with support from you all can't fix. So happy now to go to phase number four, launching. And there's a little picture of a rocket there. Thank you, everyone, especially Scott with a smiley face. I think we got to thank everyone in the group because you guys are amazing for helping out as well. This is an extra special day for me as we celebrate women all over the world. Keep on taking action, explanation point, garlic press rocks with a bunch of little stars around it. These are these emojis um, that Gong is using. So Gong, thank you so much for posting that. It definitely, I love to, uh, Dream Makers was your dear fellow Dream Makers. I love that. And over 402 people liked it and a ton of comments 
you know, so proud of you. Great job. Uh, you know, thanks for sharing and all of that stuff. And also asking a lot of questions and uh, Gong is actually answering them. So great, great job. Everyone inside of the Facebook group and TASers worldwide, you guys rock. All right, so definitely check this out. I'll leave the uh, actual link to this post that I'm reading right now with the picture. I'll also link that inside of the show notes. All right, so really awesome, and I want to encourage anyone that is not part of our Facebook community, definitely head over there and join. It's totally free. It'll take a couple of hours to get approved. It is a private group. So go ahead and request that, and you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash F as in Frank, B as in boy for Facebook, all right? So go over there, check it out, and uh, yeah, become part of the TAS community, Dream Makers, that is. Hashtag Dream Makers, I like that. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, let's let's dive in. What do you say? Let's go ahead and listen to the first question of this session. Wow, that kind of rhymed. I guess I could probably be a rapper. My son would be proud of me right now, uh, my 17-year-old son. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into the first question, and I'll give you my answer. Hi, my name is Joseph Klein. Um... I hear from you, from my friends, and thanks for you, for your website, I, I, I take much knowledge from you. I have a question, when I make the, when I create my listing, and I put and I put it in the search terms, keywords, should I take from Google AdWords, like from one ASIN, and I take the whole thing and put it inside how, how I can, how much I can, or I should take only the best one, should I take like three, three, four listings, and take the best one from everyone? And then put in, and also, um, I see you told that that when some, when I make PPPC and I put in, I make a campaign for from from a whole eight hundred keywords. And when I see, I don't have impressions but one keyword. He said that it can be because I don't have it in the listing. It is if I have it in the in the search term, it is good. Please leave me back a message. Thank you. Hey, Joseph, thank you so much for the question, and thanks for being a listener, and I'm so glad that you are taking action, so that's awesome. What I want to do here is talk a little bit about keywords and keyword ranking and all of that good stuff, because the main reason that you are looking for keywords, and that, and we'll talk about that real quick as far as like, you know, what's your first step for finding those keywords that you want to target, because it sounds like you're, you know, pretty new, right, at this, and from here, you need a starting point, and we all kind of need a starting point to figure out what keywords we want to target. Now, the easiest way to do this is you're going to be looking at your competitors, right? We want to look at our competitors, okay, on the top, you know, or out of the top 10, let's say, or top 12, and we want to see the theme that's starting to run here. If we're going after garlic press or stainless steel garlic press, you're probably going to see that in everyone's listing. So that's like the very first thing that we want to pay attention to, right? Now, that's going to be in our title, of course, because our title is going to be one of our main drivers for ranking, okay, because that's what is weighted the most as of right now. And then from there, we also want to look at the back end of our seller's account. I think that's what you're asking. Where do I find other keywords to put in the back end? And again, there's no really set way or set thing that I could advise you to do other than what I'm about to tell you, which is doing that, going to the Google Planner maybe, and then looking at your competitor's listing, okay? And I've done this before in other episodes, and I'll give you guys a few of the links that I've talked about ranking and uh, and some of the things to find keywords that you could possibly target, whether that's in your pay-per-click or just 
you know, including them inside of your listing. So the one way is yes, to go over to Google, take your, your uh, competitor's listing, the actual URL, the web address, take that, go over to Google Planner, it's their keyword tool, you need an AdWords account for that. It's free. And then you just punch that in and, and it's basically a website address that you're going to be uh, scanning in a sense. And then what it's going to do is it's going to comb that listing and then go out and give you suggested keywords inside of Google. Now, this doesn't mean that these keywords are being used uh, inside of Amazon, but it does give you a good idea of the market that's searching for this. So it's a, it's a good starting point, okay? Now, another thing that you can do is... You can straight up just take that keyword, let's say stainless steel garlic press, use that as your root keyword, okay, and then you can run that search in the keyword planner and probably get more uh, of that particular keyword, okay, or around that keyword. That would be another thing. And then I would start to look at common themes that are starting to be searched for. And you may also even discover another product along this research because a lot of times you're going to see similarities in other keywords, all right, but that's for another another discussion, okay, but that's one way, the other tool that's pretty cool to use is Merchant Words, okay, now guys, if you guys want any of the tools or anything that I use, or if you want to learn more about them, you can head over to my resources page, and I have these linked up over there, uh, and that's theamazingseller.com forward slash resources, and again, I'll throw these inside of the show notes to this episode, but Merchant Words, I don't look at that as like, you know, exactly like what's being searched for on Amazon. Like I kind of take that, you know, for what it's worth. Like it's it's aggregated different keyword searches that could be, you know, kind of like Google planner type keywords, but it does give you other suggestions to try and test. All right, Amasuite 4 has a keyword uh, feature in there as well. And what they do is, uh, let's say that you're going after garlic press, what it actually does is it will add another letter to the back end of that. So let's say it's garlic press space A, and then everything that would start with an A, including garlic press, so garlic press apparatus, let's call it, and that's not one, but let's just say it was, that would be in there, but it would give you everything that started with an A after garlic press, and then it would do that for the Bs and the Cs, and it would go all the way through the alphabet, and there's even, you can even do it through the numbers and all that stuff, so that would be, Amasuite would also do that and give you a ton of data. Now, another really cool tool is Simple Keyword Tool, that is, and uh, again, that's, uh, I I believe how it is, simple.keyword uh, tool.com, I believe it is, but again, I've got that linked up in the show notes, and I've also got it linked up on my resources page, but what this one does, it allows you to take your competitors, let's say you take your top three or top five competitors, and what you can do is take their ASIN, and then you can reverse search that, so then you can get all of the keywords that are being found inside of Amazon for their product, Okay, and then from there, you can take and, again, find the common themes that you're finding or the top keywords that they're ranking for and then start to target those. And yes, you will want to put the ones that are, you know, driving more traffic. And again, this is going to take some time to figure this out. But what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to take and put them in the back end because I believe that it's the title and then it's the back end keywords and then from there it is you know like the the bullets and then the title or the um, description those have very little they do have relevancy factors when you do pay per click and stuff but I believe that the main uh, search 
places or the search, uh, you know, I guess relevancy for search, organic search that is, is your title and then the back end would be the two main sources. Now, if you have variations, again, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but if you have variations, you can also fill in another five fields in the back end of each variation to then cast a wider net. So if you have a lot more keywords than you have room for, You can do that if you have more than one variation. Now, if you don't have more than one variation, you can't really do that, okay? But again, this is going to take time. This is going to take testing, but you will see the obvious ones. And the obvious ones, after you kind of go through this process, you're going to see the obvious ones. Those are going to be the ones you're going to want to target first. Now, the other thing that you will start to learn of once you start running pay-per-click, you mentioned running pay-per-click. You can do the same exact thing. Take all 800 keywords or 500 keywords that you get from these different search you know, terms that you're bringing back or this, this certain research, you can take that and then plug that into an Amazon pay-per-click campaign, run some money you know, or run some traffic towards it using you know, a budget, and then from there, seeing what it does. Look at the impressions, look at the clicks, look at the sales. Then it's going to tell you, you know, what keywords are getting the most traffic, which ones are getting the most clicks, and which ones are getting the most sales, and then you can can start to say, okay, well now I'm, I'm seeing that this is well searched for, but I'm paying for this. And right now, maybe I don't have enough reviews to convert, but I still want to show up for those. So instead of paying for them right now, I could take that data and then bring them into my listing so I can start organically ranking for those. Okay. Over time. Again, I just threw a ton at you, but that is how you do it. And again, this isn't something that's going to happen overnight. You're going to go ahead and want to start really just defining the market with all of these different searches that you may not even be aware of. And again, after you run your auto campaign in pay-per-click, you're going to start to discover what Amazon is is feeling that you should be uh, positioning your product in front of that type of a search. And then you can take that data, put it into more Amazon pay-per-click campaigns, and you can start to tweak your listing and optimize it fully. Okay, but again, this is something that doesn't just happen overnight. It takes time and you also want to give it time to really run through the different tests if you're running tests. All right, I'm getting a little off now if I start going into testing. I don't want to do that yet right now. All right, but what I do want to say is you're on the right track. You definitely want to be pulling your competitors search terms so you can get a good idea. Use Google. Uh, you know, use Google Trends too. I mean, Google Trends has related searches for that trend and that might be another useful tool. Um, uh, let's see, Merchant Words, I mentioned those uh, or that, you know, particular software. Um, Amisuite 4 is another one. All of this stuff is great data to have and then you can start refining your search. One little tip, as you're doing this or actually before you do this, go to the simple keyword tool and run a reverse search on your listing and mark that and date it that particular time. So this way here, after a month, you can rerun that and then see how well your listing is starting to get organic search, okay? And then this way here, you can start to see the impact that you're making by doing all of this research and then plugging it into your listing. So just a really great way to see how well you're doing with the keyword, uh, you know, implementation of the optimization, all of that stuff. That's a lot of big words there, optimization, implementation. I can't believe I can even say that. All right, so anyway, that was a pretty long-winded answer, but I needed to cover all that, so hopefully that makes sense. Again, full transcripts are now available for episodes, so you can go back and read what I just said if you'd like to, um, and again, the show notes are there for you as well. So let's go ahead and listen to another question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, this is Victor from Chile. 
I am very thankful to have found your podcast. I appreciate your work very much. Uh, I wish I would found it before, though. I have listened to the episodes 161 and this 56 several times, and I'm trying to apply that for for what for you is a very natural process. And I'm trying to do this in the right way because I need to overcome my first product experience and make a good one now, you know. Then, regarding this uh, product research process, I have two big concerns. The first one is uh, when finding products using this criteria, uh, the criteria described by Greg and you, uh, I'm assuming we are considering just the demand under the 100 reviews threshold, right? But what if after finding a good product under this criteria, we search for the main keyword and find that the demand is way more than 3,000, let's say 6,000 units a month, but over the first 3k units demand, there are another 10 sellers or even more, and the main sellers have over 500 or a thousand reviews uh, so are we still interested in going to that demand I'm guessing we are trying to enter to the demand under the hundred reviews please clarify me this I'd really appreciate it uh, my second concern it's uh, let's say I found a good product under the same criteria and even better just five to ten brands for the same product but then I realized that the number of sellers shown, shown in the seller column was bigger around five to twelve sellers per each listing showed what I did was divide the total revenue by the total amount of sellers and of course the revenue projection and the units sold per month dropped drastically is it right to do this analysis or I'm misunderstanding something? Uh, I hope you can clarify this to me and probably other sellers trapped in this hard process to find a good product. Uh, I really thank for your work and, and I, I, I send you big, big hugs from the end of the world. Uh, thank you again, uh, my friend. Bye-bye. Hey, Victor from Chile, what is up? Thank you so much for the question and uh, for tuning in, man. That is awesome. I really do appreciate it, and it's just amazing. It always amazes me on how we can connect now so easily from around the globe. So this is just awesome. So I am very, very um, grateful and uh, honored that you asked the question because, uh, well, we get to we get to talk, right? This is cool. All right, so let me dive in, and I, I think what you're saying here if I can kind of distill this down and break it down for everyone listening, uh, what you're saying is, you know, right off the bat, let's say that you're you're finding a product uh, by going after products that have really low reviews, like let's say 100 reviews or less, and they're still doing 3,000 units per month 
combined across 10 listings. I think that's what you're saying. And if anyone is listening, that's what Greg Mercer and I had talked about in our last discussion, and that was episode 161. So that's the amazingseller.com forward slash 161. That's the interview I did with Greg. It actually was more like a discussion going back and forth talking about different product um, criteria and kind of like uh, how to find products that are doing well without a lot of reviews and also maybe not even being well optimized. All right. But in this case, I think what you're saying here is you are finding something with a keyword, let's say garlic press. And let's say with the garlic press example, you're finding that everything lines up, right? You've got listings that have 100 or less reviews and they're still doing combined across the 10. They're doing 3,000 units. So they're doing 10 units per day per listing. Perfect, right? But now if you do stainless steel garlic press, you are getting a lot more sellers, maybe even some of the same, but a lot more at a very, very uh, you know, higher review count because they are targeting the stainless steel garlic press, not just the garlic press. And I think that that's what you're saying. But maybe I guess the example should have been, let's say you're looking for stainless steel garlic press and you find those sellers that have 100 reviews or less. Maybe that's more of it because it's more of a long tail. And then if you find one that is garlic press, that's more broad, you're going to find more um, competition and you're also going to find more reviews. And if that's the case, then what you want to do is niche it down to that product. You want to niche it down so you're only going after the ones that are looking for stainless steel garlic press. And that's where you want to focus your energy because you've clearly, you know, shown here that that still has 3,000 units amongst them. Now, does that mean that you won't pick up some for the search term garlic press? No, you will. So that's really the best of both worlds because some people are looking for garlic press and then they might stumble on your listing or they're looking for stainless steel garlic press. So you really do get a double advantage there um, if that's the case. So I would be okay with that as long as when I niche that down, okay, or niche that down. If you're internationally, I believe it's niche. If you are in the U.S., we call it niche, or at least I do, uh, whichever, okay? But if you kind of niche that down and you're able to find a keyword that still gets high demand and also sells 10 units a day or more, that's a good thing. So I would be cool with that, and I think that you're on the right track by thinking that, okay? Now, to answer your next question, when if you're looking at you get 10 or maybe 15 brands that are selling the stainless steel garlic press, but you're saying on one listing, there could be five different sellers selling that same exact one, that's more like uh, retail arbitrage in a sense, right? If I have a garlic press that I find they're had, it's on a closeout rack at Target, or Walmart or whatever, and they're selling them for 80% off, and I buy a bunch of them, and it's a name brand, I jump on that listing, and I sell that name brand, and there's 10 different sellers on that listing. That's different, okay? Now, if you're doing that, you're probably, your product's going to be positioned a little bit differently than that one, but even at that, I wouldn't treat those 10 different sellers inside of that one listing as individuals. I would look at that one listing as what it is. So if that one listing is producing 3,000 sales per month, then it's probably combined amongst all of them. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that in consideration. I would probably even want to discard that. And that's where I would, again, go back to if we're looking at the top 10 or the top 12, okay, 
I want to find the ones in there that are ranking that I feel as though I could compete with that particular listing or listings. Maybe there's two or three there that only have a hundred reviews and they're private labelers, or they're just a brand that has one product with only one seller on it. Well, I would want to look at their numbers and I would want to reverse engineer what they are doing and do a better job. And I would try to make a better listing, make better pictures, get better reviews, uh, do a better job marketing it, all of that stuff. That's really what I would focus my time on. I wouldn't take the 10 sellers that are nested into one listing. And I believe that's what you're talking about. You're talking about, okay, if, if the listing at the top has 3,000 units being sold, but they have 10 listings on it or 10 sellers on it, you would divide that by the amount of sales and then that would still work into the equation. No, Um, I look at that as the number one spot does have 10 different sellers on it. That's That's all counted as one to me. And a lot of times I'll want to see other sellers that are individually selling versus ones that have a brand that, that, that uh, more than one person is selling. So hopefully that's made sense. And I think that I understood it correctly. And I believe I gave a good answer there for you to be able to think about that as you're moving through the product research stage. All right. So that's going to wrap up that question, guys. Let's answer another one right now. Let's go ahead and listen and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, my name is Luke. Your podcast ruined my life. You showed me that I could escape my 9-to-5 job and pursue my dreams. I like my job, but I cannot concentrate at work. All I do is think about if the coffee and the breaking could be wholesaled or if there's a better way to recreate my sticky notes. Thank you for your dedication to this podcast. You've changed so many people's lives, including mine. I have a question for you. What is an acceptable ROI for your private little product? Previously, I did retail arbitrage. And that's still what I'm working in. But I really think that I could increase my margins if I moved into private label. Sincerely, husband of a very understanding wife. Hey, Luke, thank you so much for allowing me to ruin your life. Uh, (laughs) I thought that was funny. And uh, thank you so much for being... uh, uh, I guess humorous. Uh, that was that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I, I get it too. I mean, uh, if you are excited about something, and I've been there. I mean, I can think all the way back to when I was working for my father's company, and I, you know, again, these entrepreneurial things just started to emerge, and I would get an idea, and then I would want to act on it, and from there, I couldn't really focus on my work, even though I did, right, I got the job done, but I just wasn't fully there, and I get it, I mean, it even happens today, you know, if I see something that I feel like I could take an, you know, a chance on, or that I could, you know, capitalize on an opportunity, uh, then I, it does distract you. I get it. But now I guess I do also try to channel that. So this way here, it's only going to benefit what I'm working on now, um, you know, in this realm. So I apologize for that, but uh, it sounds like you're pretty excited and uh, you've been doing retail arbitrage. So that's a good thing, right? Retail arbitrage for anyone just starting, I think is a great thing, especially if you're just learning, you want to learn the system and you want to get your feet wet, right? And you don't want to spend a ton of money to get started. I think it's a great step in the right direction. You know, are there going to be challenges? Of course, but it's a great way to list some products almost overnight in a sense. You can go find some products, launch it and have it there in a few days. You can get started relatively quickly Um, and you can start raising some capital. Um, So this way you can reinvest that into your private labeling. So let's talk real quick about the margins. Typically, I think we all try to shoot for 50%, 60% would be amazing, right? 
but that's not reality all the time, okay? I mean, rate when I first started, I think I was doing close to 38 to 40%. I don't think I got much over 40%, maybe 41 or 42% depending on the month, okay? Now, since this has all happened, uh, as far as like launching and you know getting up and running and having more than just one product, I've also had some products that started great and then they, they just kind of started plummeting because I had competition and the competition starts driving the price down, okay? Now, I'm learning from that and I think that everyone else should as well. So when you can have a product um, be differentiated, definitely take the time to do that. But if you're just starting, sometimes you just want to get a product up fast and figure, you know what, if it... If people start competing on price, then they do. I'll figure out the next move later. Um, that's kind of what I did. But right now, I mean, typically uh, 25 to 35%. Now, I still am okay with that, right? I mean, if you if you pay a dollar and you get a dollar uh, 20 back, um, that's pretty good, right? I mean, it's not bad, uh, you know, but you know, it's, it's not something that I feel like over time is going to be what I want to do. So I would say moving forward, you definitely want to look at margins that are 40% and higher. Um, and typically 50% is like that sweet spot. So that's what I would recommend. Um, I'm still working towards the 50% margin. Um, I've come close, but I've also kind of went backwards a little bit in some of the products that I sell. So working on uh, increasing that, I actually got a product line that I'm going to be creating here pretty soon that will be at the 50 to almost 60% margin. So really excited about that. So there's my my, uh, answer to that question. Hopefully it's been helpful. Keep doing it though, man. And uh, yeah, I would definitely say you've got an advantage because now you can look at what you've been selling on retail arbitrage and see if maybe you can tap into that market. Good luck. Talk to you later. Let's listen to one more question and I'll give you my answer. Hey Scott, Dylan here. I'm calling from Southeast Asia, doing a bit of traveling and trying to work on my uh, product listing. Um, I had a couple questions about um, the keywords and where you put them in the back end. I know uh, you had an episode with Karen about um, optimizing your listing and um, not to reuse keywords and whatnot, but um, as I'm looking at it, it looks like there's uh, a target audience um, that you can put stuff in, uh, search terms, platinum keywords, style keywords, subject matter, and other attributes. Um, And I'm kind of just confused on where to put each thing. Um, So yeah, if you could help me out with that, that'd be great. Um, The target audience. I'm not sure if you're supposed to put like um, adults, children, age groups, or really what to put in there. And I was kind of confused if you put the keywords that you want to be able to search for your product in under search terms, or if you put them under the platinum keywords, and if you would just double up on putting them in search terms and in the platinum keywords. And I'm really not even sure what the style keyword section is. So yeah, if you could shed some light on that, I'd really appreciate it. And I'd also like to thank you for uh, your podcast. It's great. Um, I listen to it as much as I can. I've learned a lot from you. So thanks a lot, Scott. Take care. Hey, Dylan, thank you so much for the question. And again, I love it because we're we're digging more into keywords here. And we just talked about that uh, a few questions ago. So let's go ahead and discuss this because it is pretty important, okay? And I do believe that the back end of your listing is pretty important when it comes to keywords. Now, what I will say is all of the above, uh, everything that you pretty much just said, 
you're going to want to put in there as much information as you can, even if you don't think that it's going to benefit your listing. That's what I do, okay? So search terms, that's probably one of the most important. Now, depending on the category that you're in, this may be different, okay? Uh, right now, I mean, most of us have five fields, and it says one character minimum in length and 1,000 characters maximum in length. So if you're putting in garlic press, okay, you're going to want to put garlic space uh, press, <laughs> and then from there, you're going to want to hit the space bar and then go ahead and put your next word in or keywords, okay? You don't need to put commas in there. You just need to space them, okay? And you want to put as many, you want to fill them up in all of the search terms, okay? Now, your platinum keywords, again, I don't believe that this has any effect, but it's a field there. If you have the option to fill it, then fill it, okay? Now, I wouldn't use those keywords there as my main keywords, but I would definitely put them there. It can't hurt, okay? Now, some some of you have uh, an, an account that doesn't have that opened up. I think it's grandfathered in, if, depending on how old your account was, and also for other types of sellers, okay? But right now, if it is uh, not grayed out where you can add something, add something in. Maybe it's going to be those random keywords that you found in a Google search that you did that you weren't going to include, Maybe just throw them in there, okay? Now, moving on to the subject matter, okay? What is the product's subject? What is the product about? Again, give them information. What is the product subject? What is the product about? Tell exactly what it is. Like I said, if you have a place to put in information that can be useful, put it in there, okay? Don't skip it, okay? Uh, but again, I'm going to start off with saying that the under the keywords tab where it says search terms, that is the one I would use my most important keywords. Other than that, I would just fill in the blanks with the rest, okay? Other attributes, what are additional attributes of the product, okay? Example would be antique, cordless, waterproof, whatever it is, put in there that it could also be triggered for when someone is searching or when they want to relate it to that. And again, this can help also with your pay-per-click, all right? Now, target audience, for whom is the product intended? Okay, that's what they're asking. Example, is it, is it for teens, toddlers, cats, adults, kids, whatever? Put it in there. Whatever they give you space for, put something in there. That is my advice, okay? Is that, can I say that that's going to help you? No. Can I say, can I say it's going to hurt you? No, okay? But I do believe that if it's there, it could potentially, I'm using air quotes, it could potentially help you. So why not take the time to put that in there, all right? And that is pretty much the back end for in the keywords tab itself, all right? So I would definitely recommend doing that. I don't think it's going to hurt you. Um, I think it can only help you, if at all, um, but I would definitely, definitely put that in there. So hopefully this has helped you. This has helped everyone else listening that might have had this same question, hopefully. Um, I did want to remind you guys, though, if you guys wanted to learn more about um, what we talked about on those two episodes with Karen Thaxton about you know optimizing your uh, listings, um, that was episode 155, so theamazingseller.com forward slash 155, and then also 86, so that would be theamazingseller.com forward slash 86, and each of those, we dig into 
optimizing your listing. The first one, number 86, that is, that was straight up how to optimize your listing for more sales. And then 155 was an update on some new uh, of some new features that they've included, but also some restrictions that they've that they've uh, um, included as well. So we really dive into the updates and some, some, just, just some really good discussion on optimization on those two. So again, I'll leave all of these links in the show notes, but definitely check those out. All of the tools that I also mentioned, they'll be in the show notes. You can always head over to the resources page as well on the blog. And uh, yeah, that is it. I mean, it feels like this episode was a little bit longer than normal, but I didn't want to leave anything out and we covered a ton and a lot of resources that I included as well. So if you want all of the transcripts to this, okay, everything that is in writing that I talked about, everything is transcribed, that is, uh, you can head over to this episode and download those or just read them right on the blog. And again, that is uh, episode 184, so theamazingseller.com forward slash 184. If you don't want to have to think about all of those other links I just gave you, just go to 184. It'll all be there for you. All right. And I want to remind you guys, if you want to ask me a question and have it aired on an upcoming show, definitely, definitely head over to the blog and submit your question via voicemail. Just say your first name and a short question or a brief question, and I'll do my best to answer it on an upcoming show. I love hearing from you guys. All right. So that's theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. All right, guys, that is officially going to wrap up this session of Ask Scott. And I want to say again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen. It means so much to me to know that you guys are listening and also to hear your voice on these sessions. All right, so keep them coming. All right, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Once again, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. But let's say it together. What do we have to do? Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here in the next episode.